0: This message was preached as Pulpit Supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5, we're getting close, <laughs> 1 Peter chapter 5, and we'll be picking up in uh, verse 6 this morning. Um, it kind of piggybacks on uh, last, the last uh, message that I had whenever I was here. Uh, the last time I was here, we talked about pastors and the, what, uh, what makes a, a good pastor from 1 uh, um, uh, Peter 5. And it ends uh, telling us we are to clothe ourselves in humility towards one another for God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Um, this week he picks up there on that theme of humility and he tells, he unpacks some of the implications of, of, uh, what that means, uh, that we are to be humble and, 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 the, the, uh, uh, the implications of the fact that God opposes the proud and, uh, gives grace to the humble. So let's go ahead and read our text and we'll dive right in humble yourselves. Therefore, under the mighty hand of God And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning. Lord, give me strength and grace as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The last thing that Peter had said, as I I said a moment ago, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, That's a statement. That's that's a declaration. This is uh, a truth about God. God opposes the proud. He does not like it for a person to... Uh, to be boastful, to be thinking highly of themselves. he Instead, He gives grace to the humble, to the lowly, to those who realize they can't do it themselves. To the one who asks Him for help. He gives grace to those. So because of this truth, the text here says, therefore, uh, and you know what therefores are for. <laughs> You go back and see what it's there for, what we just did. Uh, Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because of this truth, because of the fact that God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, then we ought to be humble. Um, We ought to humble ourselves. This is an active process. It doesn't come naturally. This is a command. Uh, uh, You know, sometimes we we can be... um, Just um, have low (laughs) self-esteem. That's not just that's not humbling ourselves. Uh, That's just feeling bad about ourselves. Um, And and, uh, he he says, humble ourselves. We are to think of ourselves not 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 because we are um, uh, uh, just miserable, but we are to. To recognize and understand that we are to have. Um, To think of others more highly than ourselves. Um, He says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Um, This phrase under the mighty hand of God might remind us of some of the Exodus. God brought his people out of the land of Israel by his mighty hand. And uh, so it reminds us of the saving work of God. God, He brought His people Israel out by His mighty hand. He saves us by His might and by His power. And so um, we are to humble ourselves under that. We can humble ourselves because we have confidence in the power that God has, we don't have to do it ourselves. We don't have to try to work and and make ourselves better and and in so doing be depending on ourselves, but instead we depend upon Him and upon His power. We humble ourselves under His mighty hand so that at the proper time He may exalt you. We don't want to be the ones who exalt ourselves in our own time, in our own lives here, but we humble ourselves now, not because we never want to be exalted. <laughs> he actually gives us a a motivation that says we're going to one day be exalted. He, he, we're to humble ourselves now so that at the proper time. And when's that? I believe that's when he returns again. When he returns again, uh, we will be exalted. We will be raised up to new life. With him, we will, uh, you know, the uh, uh, scriptures tells us we will be judging the angels along with him. I mean, uh, we are going to have a great status one day uh, when when Christ returns. And so now we live humbly, uh, not pointing to ourselves and saying, look how great we are. But look, pointing to him and saying, look how great he is, how mighty he is so that one day we will, He will exalt us in the future. Then, He states this, and I think this is going along right along with the, with the humility aspects. If we're worried all the time, we're not being humbled. If we're worried all the time, we're expecting that we're going to be able to keep all the plates spinning. But we can't do that. Only he can. Uh, so he says, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Uh, being proud thinks, uh, a person who's proud thinks I can handle it. I can do everything just by, by myself. And it ends up uh, just carrying all of our anxieties ourselves and, and, uh, and it, it can eat at us and eat at us. But he tells us, cast our anxieties on him. Um, oftentimes, we may see some translations that will say this in the form of a command, saying, cast your anxieties upon him uh but in the Greek it's actually uh uh what you call a participle, so it's it's casting. Here as I read it, it's casting all your anxieties. So it's at the same time as we're humbling ourselves, we're also cast and, and, and maybe it's descriptive of how we humble ourselves. We cast all our cares on Him. We're not trying to keep it all together ourselves. Instead, when, we, when our anxieties rise up, when we have all these things that have to be done and we feel like we can't get them all done, uh, we cast those on Him. We hand them over to Him and say, Lord, I can't do it. And that's a great way to humble ourselves. That's a great way to humble ourselves. We're casting all our anxieties on Him because He cares for us. The reason why we do this, the reason why we cast our cares on him is he's, he cares for us. I mean, it's pretty pretty simple here. But um, when we feel like we've got to do it all ourselves, we feel like, isn't there someone to help me out? And that's being prideful, <laughs> That's really kind of being prideful. But if we we remember, he cares about where we are. He cares about all the things that we have to do. He cares about the pressures that we have but due to society and all those things. He cares about all those things. When those anxieties rise up, he wants us to give them to him. To hand them over to him. To cast them on him. And uh, another thing here... Um, One of my favorite preachers is John Piper. And one of the famous things he said about this passage is you can't cast them if you don't have them. You can't cast them if you don't have them. So sometimes uh, some have said, well, to have anxiety, that's sinful. Well, here, Peter is telling us, cast your anxieties on him. It's not sinful necessarily to have the anxieties. It's what we do with those things. If we try to manage them ourselves without casting them on Him, that's, that's what the proud would do. That's what the 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 uh, exo- uh, you know uh, the what man who feels self sufficient would do. Instead, we cast them on Him, and, and He tells us, "If you got anxiety, cast them on Him, because He cares for us." Being sober minded. Now, here he kind of shifts gears. We've got we've to get a grip on the world. Remember, 1 Peter has all been about how we live in the midst of a hostile world. Uh, the world is against us. The world is, is in league with the devil. And we live in the midst of this hostile society waiting for our coming king to come. And uh, in the midst of all this, we're to be sober-minded. We've got to get a grip on reality. We've got, we, we can't allow ourselves to, uh, to be um, intoxicated by the things around us, whether it's alcohol or whether it's the news. We can be intoxicated by those things. We've got to get a, get a grip on reality. We've got to see things the way He sees them. We've got to be sober-minded. We've got to be watchful, be alert, um, there's things going on all around us, and we need to know. Uh, and 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 as we're alert, we need to be recognized. We need to recognize and be mindful of the fact that we've got a real enemy out there. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now that whenever it says here, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, it's not just talking about some personification of evil. This is the real personal devil. The spiritual world is real. And and the devil is our enemy. And he wants to destroy us. Because we remind him of the image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ. Uh, When he sees a human being created in God's image, he he wants to destroy that. Because it reminds him that he was defeated by Jesus A human being he 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 is our adversary he wants to destroy us he roars he roars it says he he prowls about like a roaring lion he wants to scare us and all he can do is roar he can't touch us like he said earlier peter said uh, who's there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good no one even if they kill us, they can't hurt us. And the devil, all he can do is roar. All he can do is... He roars! And, and as we see uh, persecutions, as we see things around the world, you know, uh, just seeing what's going on in Afghanistan right now. The fact that our soldiers are going to be uh, pulled out of there. Um, Christians are already saying that, that persecution is coming for them. And many will probably die because of us pulling out of Afghanistan. But at the same time, they need to remember, just like we need to remember, all the devil can do is roar. Because even if, even if they die as martyrs for the faith, they'll be raised again. They will be vindicated. The devil roars like a lion. And he prowls around seeking someone to devour. He would devour you if he could. He would eat you up. But all he can do is roar. We're given us command. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Well, that goes right along with what I was just saying about Afghanistan right now. When we face... Persecution. When we pay, face um, hostility here in this wor- in this world, just think about what others are going on going through throughout the world, and, and, and it kind of pales in comparison. But that when we face ex- uh, hostility, when we face persecution, uh, we are to remember that our brotherhood, our brothers and sisters, the ones who we are united together with Christ, with. The ones who, uh, according to earlier in the passage, we've been born again by an imperishable seed and we're brothers and sisters with them even throughout all of the world. They are experiencing this where, where the, the, the lion is seeking to devour them. And just like he seeks to devour us. you know We have to pray for our brothers and sisters in those places. Remember, and pray that the lion that roars won't allow them to give up on their faith. That won't, won't allow them to abandon the faith because of the persecution that comes. Verse uh, 10. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. It doesn't feel like a little while, does it? It doesn't feel like a little while, but He reminds us again, this is just a little while. Maybe it can be a lifetime and it's just a little while in comparison to eternity. After we have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, He is gracious. He is kind. He is merciful. He gives us what we don't deserve. He's brought us from death death. Into life, from darkness into light. He is the God of all grace. The God of all grace. He's called us to his eternal glory in Christ. He reminds us again about what God has done. He has called us. He has uh, effectually called us. He spoke and our, our, our eyes opened. And He spoke and we believed and we became alive. We, he, he brought us from death into life. He spoke and that happened. He called us to His eternal glory in Christ. What He's already done, this is what He's going to do. He will restore us. Even if we die due to persecution, He'll restore us. He'll raise us up. He will confirm us. When we are slandered because of our faith, he will confirm us; we'll be vindicated. When He will strengthen us, He will be able, He will make us able to withstand under the pressures of society, under the pressures of everything. He will be able to He will He will strengthen us and give us the strength. You know, He also told us earlier that we are to serve in the strength that God supplies. He will strengthen us, and He will establish us. He'll make us strong. He'll make us like a mighty oak. He'll establish us. And then finally, he ends this section, but not the whole book, with a a doxology. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. I think that goes with the beginning of it. Humble yourselves. We humble ourselves and at the same time, He's the one who deserves the glory. To Him be dominion. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the King eternal. He is, uh, he is the Son of David who would have a kingdom that would never end. To Him be the dominion forever and ever. And then it says, Amen. And Amen means I believe it, right? Amen? Means this is firm and established. He is the King. He is the King of glory. He is the one who is sovereign and in control. And as we face things that bring us anxiety, as we face things that... that. Um, that uh, are like persecution or hostility, or all of those things, He's in control. He gets the glory. And He's there with us and He cares for us. He's in control and He makes the stars stay in their place. And yet He cares for us, inviting us to cast our cares on Him. What a great God. What a great God. He looks at the humble. He his look is on those who can't do it themselves. Who cast themselves on him. Who plead for mercy. Who throw themselves on Jesus. <laughs>